Hello, Notre Dame fans. Welcome to the blueandgold.com National Signing Day Recap Show. I'm Greg Ladke, along with our recruiting expert and analyst, Mike Singer. This show is brought to you by Bantry Quarters. Reserve your townhome within walking distance of Notre Dame. Visit BantryQuarters.com for more information. Mike, let's get right to it with the class of 2022. I think you and I both agree an outstanding haul along the offensive line. It's both elite and the Irish staff finished strong with this one. Yeah. Offensive line haul. I mean, look, <clears throat> it was kind of a concern. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, originally you had, you know, Ty Chang committed around this time last year. Joey Tonona committed uh, back in July or, or June of 2020. Um, Ashton Craig committed over the summer, like really good pieces, but like, I understand for Notre Dame fans to want like that, that kind of that big splash, although I can argue some of those are big splash, but you know, just that, that fourth big splash. Emil Wagner was a surprise and that that's a really good looking offensive tackle recruit who Notre Dame unexpectedly won uh, that commitment in November. And then you get Billy Strauss, so that's how you close. Now, Notre Dame fans, um, maybe the Fighting Irish staff should have said, hey, Emil, you know, like maybe you should uh, wait until signing day to announce and Strauss, like wait until signing day so we can make the fans happy. You're like, no, <laughs> that, they, that wasn't going to happen. You know, they, they got those guys locked in um, when they did and didn't look back. So, um, yeah, when you look at the class, I think you have to say – that the ooh, it's either the offensive line or linebackers. That's the best position group yeah. that Notre Dame signed in 2022. I think that's an interesting discussion because you know that, that that's a really good linebacker recruit uh, recruiting class. And now that Nolan Ziegler is invited to the All American Bowl in San Antonio, <laughs> I'll get to see him there in a couple weeks. Notre Dame's four linebacker commits all All Americans, and their yeah. five offensive linemen. All All Americans. That's uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, uh, and it'll be a chance for Notre Dame, by the way, to possibly move up in the rankings if some of their players perform really well in those All Star games. They are seventh in the nation right now in the team recruiting rankings for the class of 2022. And there's some players Notre Dame has. I mean, Ashton Craig's just a mid three star. He's in an All Star game. He's in the in the uh, in the game in San Antonio. Uh, Eli Raritan's just a high three star. So we're not talking about catastrophically large jumps, but it's a chance for Notre Dame to maybe um, like solidify a, a top seven class. Yeah, I got to write down on my note Ziggler now an All American Bull guy. Um, mm-hmm. And you mentioned Raritan bumped up uh, from a three star to I think he's around 180 in the country. Oh, that's right. So I'm he sorry. Did get a bump. Yeah. So here's the All American Bull. This is formerly known the you know the Army Bowl. This is the Notre Dame players in it. You got Shrouf. C.J. Williams, Josh Burnham, Tobias Merriweather, Noafe Tuihalamaka, Tyson Ford, Joey Tonona, Aiden Gobira, Ashton Craig, Emil Wagner, Bryce McPherson, yes, the punter even, and then Nolan Ziegler. So if that's, what, 12 guys, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. It's 12. And then the Under Armour game, Jalen Sneed, Amari, oh, well, not Amari Walker anymore. i got to take him off. Uh, Jalen Sneed, Steve Angeli, and Ty Chan. So that is 15 of Notre Dame's 21 recruits are playing in one of the two major postseason bowl games. Um, and one of them who is not is someone who we're going to talk about, who I think is potentially going to be one of the better players of this class. 
So yeah, it, it, it's a it's a pretty impressive group. Who, yeah, who out of that group are you most excited to see? I guess take it for each game. Who are you most excited to see at Under Armour? Who are you most excited to see in the All American game in San Antonio? Mm, definitely Bryce McPherson. I love punting. I'm kidding, but I, I'm looking. For, I actually am looking forward to meeting him and his dad, Mike. They're good people. Um, well, I, I got to go with someone who I haven't seen before. Um, actually, I think okay. I think I said C.J. Williams on the top. I got to delete that, so that's eleven. I'm. So, I, I apologize. I hadn't updated my uh my list. That's um, okay. So C.J. Williams, obviously not a Notre Dame commit anymore. Um, so that is then fourteen of the twenty-one guys. I, I believe is the count um, playing in the in, in one of the two All American Bowls. Um, so I would say someone who I haven't seen before. And I'm going to say Tobias Merriweather, mm-hmm. uh, receiver position. Uh, you know, I'm sure we'll get uh, chats about it, super chats and comments and whatnot. Uh, wanting to talk about this because everyone's. Uh, I'm looking at the comments right now, and no one said the word Dell yet. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, but, I'm sure um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it, it's a position where. There's a need for someone like him right away to play. Um, and, uh, you know, if Notre Dame does get another high school guy, I'm sure it's not going to be a highly touted player, um, you know, because most of those guys have already signed, obviously, and then maybe a portal guy. So I would really want to see um, what Tobias Merriweather can do on that stage. I really like him as a player. Um, I mean, look at him in the slot here. Um, I mean, around four guys catching it in traffic. Um, which we're seeing on the YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he's, a, he's a really good football player. He's long. He's not a one-trick pony like Tommy Reese said um, in his signing day press conference. Uh, he even plays a little cornerback as well. And then as far as the Under Armour, I've seen Sneed, Angeli, and Chan all in person before, mm-hmm. all at the Future 50 over the summer, uh, camping or in uh, Bradenton, who's at IMG Academy. So I want to see Angeli. Um, yeah. how, how does he perform? you know, with, with all those good players around him on both sides of the ball. Um, so, yeah, I would say Steve Angeli looking forward to seeing what he looks like in that uh, in, in that environment. And you've seen him earlier this fall, but the interesting thing about Angeli is that, you know, they don't throw the ball a whole lot at Bergen Catholic. I mean, I forget what his exact number of pass attempts this year, it, but it was, it was like 107 attempts or something like that. Is it is it weird that I know it? It's 117 of 170 okay. Uh, I mean, I put this together because like 1700 yards, but you know, 15 touchdowns and just two picks and five touchdowns came in this very game. But I don't like, I don't know in his entire career at Bergen Catholic, if he threw more than 20 passes in a game, like they just, I mean, they're a dominant football team. They run the ball really well with uh, Ryan Butler, who I believe is uh, signing with Princeton or if he hasn't already, I mean, they, they just, Vito Campanelli, if he doesn't have to throw it, he, I mean, he prefers to run the football. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing him in, in that environment. And when I have seen him at camps and, um, you know, at that future 50 I mentioned, looked really good. Um, I mean, yeah. he's, a, he's a good player. Yeah, this is these are highlights from his playoff run for Bergen Catholic, uh, his senior season. Bergen Catholic uh, won 14-0, won their state championship, and uh, they're rated fourth um, in Max Preps's national poll so um they're they're a pretty serious team it's always good to get quarterbacks who are who are pretty uh used to winning mike just a little bit more on the wide receiver position stuff and you touched upon already but i think that that's maybe the most negative or primary concern of notre dame fans coming out of today um the the, the immediate need is going to be okay we got to run spring practice because they don't have avery davis he's going to be out with a knee injury they don't know if, yet if Braden Lindsay's coming back 
and you have the three freshmen, uh, two of which played a lot this year, and then you just have Tobias. So what would be your kind of prediction on what Notre Dame does? What have you heard? I, I, I mean, they, they have to get at least one grad transfer in, in the portal. I mm-hmm. mean, you, you, I mean, you just have to, yeah. even if they bat a hundred percent, um, in bringing guys back, which is a priority for Della Alexander and Tommy Reese and the guys like, then you're only at eight, eight. I mean, that's, that's ridiculously low. I mean, as good as this class is, that number is just woefully low. So, um, I mean, yeah, I think if, if you're Dell Alexander, Tommy Reese, um, yeah, that's the number one priority is getting everyone back. Um, and yeah, I, I think you get a, a portal guy. If there is a second portal guy you can get, like Tommy Reese said in his presser today, like, you know, going into the portal is tricky, tricky, especially at a place like Notre Dame yeah. that has a very specific culture. Um, you want a good culture fit, and that player is coming in not to sit around and develop like he he's coming in expecting to start or be a major contributor. So it can be tricky, but I think I would like them to see, or I would like to see them get one portal guy. I would still personally like to see them at least entertain or, or see what's out there in the high school receiver ranks. If there's anyone who, um, I don't know if they can flip in the next 48 hours um, before this early signing period's over uh, on Friday night, or if they can, um, you know, wait and see if anyone skips the early signing period and um, sign someone in February. Yeah, and that will become, as you said, more clear over the next uh, couple days. We have a new artist advertising with us. Barb Stevenson may be new to Blue and Gold Illustrated. However, she is an established pen and ink artist who lives near Notre Dame and has always inspired to create pen and inks of the iconic buildings on campus. In fact, she's even been commissioned by the university to create artwork of those beautiful buildings for special gifts. And now she's offering a new selection of Notre Dame limited edition pen and ink prints, each individually hand-painted with metallic gold accents. All of these prints are created from her own photographs taken as she strolls around campus on beautiful days. To view or purchase one of these prints, head to her website, barbstevenson.com. That is for our podcast listeners. That is B-A-R-B-S-T-E-P-H-E-S-O-N.com or call Five seven four two one zero eight three eight eight, and I could say I'm also a customer. She's got good stuff. You got to check out the website; it's pretty cool. Um, Mike, I, last year with last year's class, you you started the Joe Alt fan club. Joe Alt was a five point six <laughs> mid three star from Minnesota that skinny. Uh, people didn't think he was the type of prospect that would play early on in his college career, and now he's on freshman All American list. So who in this class? of 2022 for Notre Dame do you think is going to be the Joe Alt? I, I, I actually talked to his dad here recently, um, John Alt, and um, he, we were, we were talking about this. I was like, did, did you even see this coming? Like your, your son playing, he was like, he, he like nicely said, no, I didn't. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't even know if Joe would have seen this coming. I mean, I tweeted out a video of him the other day, Joe just like stretching, a video that Patrick Angle shot when he saw practice on Sunday, our, our beat writer, Blue and Gold, and like, dude, Joe is massive. And to think that he was like 6'6", 6'7", 230, you know, this time like two years ago, um, uh, it's quite the transformation. Um, so this is this was my third um, National Sign of Day cover in Notre Dame. 
Mm-hmm. And my favorite uh, 2020 recruit uh, was Drew Pine um, from, you know, interacting with them, watching the tape, uh, all that good stuff. Yeah, I just love Pine. Um, last year was Joe Walt. Yeah. Um, just awesome kid. Really rooted for him. This year, it's someone we just talked about uh, a few minutes ago. It's Steve Angeli. Like, that's um, – you know, ever since Notre Dame offered, actually before they offered him, which would have been in August of 2020, I interacted with him a little bit. And then when the Irish had offered him, I was like, I haven't covered a recruitment in so long because when I got on the job at Blue and Gold, Tyler Buckner was already committed. So I was, I think it was like a year that like Notre Dame had gone without offering somebody because they got Buckner so early. So once they offered Angeli, I think two or three weeks later, I went out, uh, to New Jersey just to see him practice, um, build a good connection with Angeli, you know, got to know his family a good bit um, and have seen him now, I think in person uh, four times uh, that practice uh, rivals camp, future 50, and then a game this fall. And I, I leave impressed every single time with his, um, you know, his mechanics um, his moxie, uh, his personality, like leadership, just everything. And then, yeah, he's pretty good, darn good at throwing the football too. And he is uh, more athletic uh, than you would think too. And uh, Reese was asked about Angeli today. He said the first thing that jumps out about him are his intangibles. You sit down, you have a conversation with the kid. You see that he's exactly what you want in somebody that's going to represent your program. And then Reese talking about Angeli as a player says, you see a guy who can make all the throws and has enough athleticism to escape the pocket. We're excited as heck to have Steve coming here. He'll hit the ground running and Steve's going to get there. And uh, early January, he'll be enrolling at Notre Dame. So great size too. I mean, he, yeah. he's listed at 6'2", 210. But I, like he looks like he, he's a good size quarterback to me. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, by the, this fall if he's, you know, closer to – you know, six, three and a half or so. I mean, his dad is like six, six, I think his dad's a big man. So I, I think Angeli could grow a little bit more. The touchdown pass to Jaden Bellamy there for a YouTube audience. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Angeli could, you know, grow another half inch or so maybe. And, um, you know, we'll certainly put on some weight and um, yeah, I, I just like everything about him and the mental makeup, those intangibles are my favorite things um, about Angeli. Um, that that's a really important at the quarterback position. What do you think about his teammate, Jaden Bellamy? I mean, you just mentioned him on the touchdown catch, but Notre Dame's recruiting him as a defensive back. All right. So I mentioned earlier, one of the non all American, uh, signees for Notre Dame in this class, I, I think has just monster upside and it's Jaden Bellamy. I was actually, uh, talking to a source today. Um, close to the Notre Dame football program, I was like, like, who do you think are just the dudes in this class? Just like the guys who are, uh, you know, going to be you know big timers. And yeah. um, you know, heard, heard the names you'd expect: Eli Raritan, Jalen Sneed, um, Josh Burnham, Ty Chan, Emil Wagner. But the one that was like, oh, really? Was was Jaden Bellamy? Like he's uh, he's got an it factor about him that's different than his teammate Angeli. Bellamy's is this quiet confidence in him. He's he's not a big talker. Um, he's not a big Twitter guy or or anything like that. But you know he's got um, some crap to him himself. Like 
Notre Dame, from what I heard, is so excited about this young man. Either playing the cornerback position, which you see him here on a pass breakup for our YouTube audience, mm-hmm. uh, or the field safety position with his range. You know, he's listed at about 5'11, 175 pounds. I think if he were in the six foot or 6'1, 180, 185 pound range, I think you're looking at like a top 100 player. Like, I just think some schools um, didn't pursue him hard because, you know, he's not the biggest guy out there. But, I mean, you want to go through his offer list? I mean, he picked Notre Dame over Clemson, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. <laughs> I mean, and yeah. Penn State. So he's, I mean, he still had really good offers. Um, but uh, again, I, I think he's someone who Notre Dame fans aren't talking about. He doesn't have a high ranking. Um, you know, I think every major service has him ranked as a three star, and he's kind of a forgotten guy. Um, didn't put up major numbers as a senior, but he's got some uh, some crap to him that I think Notre Dame fans are, are really going to like him as a player. Uh, what do you think about um, some of Coach Ellison's comments today during the press conference where he was talking about, I think it was specifically to Tyson Ford and Aiden Gobira, but I think that uh, it was saying that they were like basically their first offers, their first targets, their A-list guys on the defensive end list. And it feels like a lot of this class, I mean, it's, coaches always like to say that just so you know, I mean, you know, they're like, oh, this was our number one guy, but it seems to me that the most of these signees, Mike, were offered really early on. I mean, this wasn't a class that was, or, or a year where the staff was really scrambling for a half dozen kids down the stretch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, they offered Gobira. It's funny. I, I can remember all of these things, but I can't remember my anniversary or something. But they offered <laughs> Gobira May of 2020, secured that. I mean, so that's, that's pretty early. Um, and Elston, Elston offers really early too. So like, um, you know, he casts a pretty wide net. I mean, I think they offered a 2025 kid today, like at at, at a rush end position. Um, so go buyer, they offered May of 2020, got him in February. Ford was around there April or so. And then they get him in January of this year. Mm. Um, even Heinish, Donovan Heinish, they offered November of 2020 and get him over the summer. But the feeling with him was that they really could have, you know, gotten his commitment at any point, but that's just when it took place. Um, so yeah, I mean, Mike Elston, you know, I, I, I personally, this is just me. I would have liked to see a fourth D lineman in this class. Um, Darren Agu ended up, you know, was with, he was going to be Notre Dame's fourth defensive lineman. Um, he decommits, um, for whatever reason, still, still not really clear, but he ends up at Vanderbilt I still think he would have been someone I would just mentioned as as someone who I thought would have been an impact player in this class. Uh, you obviously would have liked to see them get Anthony Lucas. Um, he picks Texas A&M five-star according to on three and 24-7. Um, but it, it's still it's a good group of three that they have. Um, Tyson Ford didn't yeah. have a super strong senior season. You know, his I think he had one sack on the season, um, but – you know, I think he's getting triple teamed like a lot of the team, a lot of, like yeah. a lot of the season. So it's you know it's tough uh, for him to break loose, um, of course. And then these these plays here, you know, he's just kind of blowing by guys that that we're seeing on YouTube. But um, it's it's a good group. Ford's a really good run stopper. He's long and athletic, and that is what Mike Elston really values. Just give me some guys that I can mold into exactly what I want. Ford fits that. Uh, I like him at strong side end. 
um, potentially growing into a three tech and then go Byra at the Viper position, potentially growing into a strong side end. Um, and I know you can speak to go Byra uh, mm-hmm. after seeing him in person. Yeah. You know, you think that's kind of fair, like strong side end potentially, or, you know, or do, you, do you like him at the weak side? I mean, wow, does he look good coming off the ball? Uh, go Byra, I think, well, one of the things, I'll make a prediction for Notre Dame fans. I'm high, I'm high on him for sure. But I think coming out of the All-Star games, what you're going to hear about Aiden is that he needs to fill out. He is, uh, he's, the, he's mentioned as 230 pounds. I think he'll tell you he's less than that, or at least he told me that back in October. Um, but he is just what the coaches said in the press conference. He is fast off the edge. Um, and he cares like he's super wants to do well and he's a leader on his team. And so I just don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to be a first year impact type of type of prospect. But, uh, once he gets in that strength conditioning program with coach Bayless, uh, I'm, I'm as excited about him as really, really anyone in the class. I mean, he's, uh, he's definitely going to be a good one. And, And like I said, I mean, he's just. He's going to be studious when it comes to the game of football. He wants it. He wants to be really good. And uh, that is, that's often half the battle, <laughs> you know what I mean, with these prospects. Sure. So, Mike, let me, yeah. first off, let's start with viewers to hit like on this video. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Mike Singer does an amazing job on blueandgold.com, everyone, and, and has tons of written content and always more information than you'd get in these videos. So when you go to blueandgold.com, check those articles out. And then also make sure you sign up for our free newsletter. It's a great way to stay up to speed on what we're doing at Blue and Gold and what's going on with Notre Dame football. Uh, Mike, you know, last topic before we get into some questions from our users is I just want to talk more about Jalen Sneed. I mean, he's the highest rated prospect in the class. He was definitely a big topic of conversation, um, particularly in Marcus Freeman's presser today. What did you think about Marcus Freeman's thoughts? Because he was kind of, I guess, saying that, Snead maybe is one of those players that wouldn't have come to Notre Dame unless Notre Dame really tried to convince him he's a, that t- sort of kid. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So Snead is definitely a Notre Dame type kid. Like yeah, he's smart 100%. as a whip, I think We should mention. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Super smart. Yeah. Very kind. Like he's the kind of kid who, after you know, like a, like a big game, like you'll see Jalen Snead picking up you know trash on the field like afterwards. Like I I haven't actually seen that, but. Yeah, that's the kind of kid Snead is like, but with him being a top hundred linebacker from the unfertile recruiting grounds of South Carolina for Notre Dame, you know, with offers from, you know, Alabama and everybody down there, like I could see why, you know, Clark Lee, when he was Notre Dame's defensive coordinator, didn't offer Snead. It's like, yeah, we're not getting that kid. I mean, yeah. are you kidding me? Like, how the heck are we going to get Snead? So I think that, um, Marcus Freeman's connection with Hilton head head coach BJ Payne got him in the door like big time. Um, And Freeman talked about this during his press conference. Um, Marcus Freeman's wife went to high school with BJ Payne up in Northeast Ohio. Yeah. At Maslin. Yeah. Maslin. So yeah, again, got him in the door. um, And I remember interviewing pain after uh the fighting irish offered sneed i had no idea about this connection and uh, you know pain was telling me all about it and he said he re- he told me what he had told sneed um and his and sneed's mom uh when he was at at their house talking about the notre dame offer and he said i don't know if you're going to fall in love with notre dame but you are going to fall in love with Marcus Freeman and you're going to want to play for him. Mm-hmm. It's not a surprise when Brian Kelly leaves for LSU and 
uh, we're not sure if Freeman's going to get the job or not, that Snead told me on the record, essentially, I will be decommitting if Marcus Freeman is not staying at Notre Dame. Like, And again, Snead's a Notre Dame type kid, uh, for sure. Yeah, um, no doubt. But needed some convincing and was not like the, you know, your supernatural fit of like a Midwest kid from a Catholic school or something like that. Um, so like th- this is an example of, you know, Marcus Freeman recruitment um, that, you know, he comes in um, and, and kind of re- make the kid realize, yeah, you want Notre Dame. It's far from home and it's cold, but you want this place. Uh, I think you could throw in Nwafe Tuli Halamaka in that too. The Fighting Irish didn't offer him until a couple weeks after Freeman got the job. Yeah. Um, you know, from a, a private school in Southern California, you know, more of a a natural uh, fit. But Notre Dame offers Tuli Halamaka, decommits from USC, uh, and then he told me afterwards he pretty much knew he wanted to be at Notre Dame. Yeah, I think uh, for recruiting fans, Jalen Sneed's already a, a fan favorite for Notre Dame fans. But I think. Fans that don't follow recruiting are going to grow to love him. I mean, as you mentioned, he's super smart, uh, super nice. He goes and competes at every camp possible, but he's able to turn it on when he's on the football field. He's not so nice oh, on the football field. Yeah, I, I guess we didn't – in all that, I didn't talk about him as a player at all. But, I mean, Greg, we – I mean, I've seen him four times now too, including a couple of rivals camps. So you saw him there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you are shooting that and how he like when we watch his tape and he's just coming off the edge as a junior. And then you watch him at the rivals camps where he's, you know, locked up with tight ends and running backs, you know, 45 yards downfield and making pass breakups, getting his head around at the last second. Like you're like, Whoa. So um, I'm trying to remember what Mike Goolsby has said. I, I, and I see a comment. Someone said Snead and Collier are going to be a great duo. I want to say, that Goolsby likes Sneed at Will and Collie at Rover, but it might have backwards, but like, whoa, what yeah. a nice duo that is. Um, I mean, Prince Collie was just a, a gift that Clark Lee dropped Notre Dame before, you know, he took the Vanderbilt job. Wow. I mean, that's going to, that's, there's, they're pretty similar players too. Like Collie's a little bit thicker, um, but Sneed is thinner, but has more burst. Yeah, that's a that's two really athletic linebackers. Irish fans, now is your chance to live within walking distance of Notre Dame. Bantry Quarters is a brand new townhome community located just south of the university in the popular Eddy Street Commons neighborhood. Each Bantry Quarters unit has three bedrooms and three and a half baths. Unlike a typical townhome, your Bantry Quarters home has the main living area on the ground floor with direct access from your attached garage or front door. We are under construction with the first two buildings scheduled for completion in the fall of 2022. Our cozy Banshee Quarters community has only 28 units and 12 remain available for purchase. For more information or for reservations, visit BanshreeQuarters.com. Mike, I'll uh, give you one more question for me before we get into some user questions, but one other really interesting point in the in the press conferences today that coach Elston was bringing up was how this changed Mark Freeman is at head coach. Like when does it really shine through with recruiting classes? Is it next year or is it in 2024? And I'll, I'll, I'll frame that in terms of like, when is Notre Dame's next top five class going to be? Yeah. yeah. Okay, man. I love doing these shows. I love talking <laughs> to Notre Dame football recruiting. It's so much fun. Okay. So I was, 
uh, talking to a source on the Notre Dame side of things um, in the past two or two two weeks or so, and I said, "All right, I'm gonna I'm just gonna tell you something, you know, source." And I was like, "You tell me if I'm wrong." Like Brian Kelly, because we always say things as media members. We're not, you know, like what what do the people actually know their crap? What do they think about some of this stuff? So I was like, "All right, I'm gonna tell you this. You tell me what you think." Brian Kelly. Uh, and I've said this you know, for, for a couple of years now, he's good when he recruits, but like, since he's not an active recruiter, like that kind of like bleeds into the coaching, like the assistant staff being able to be lazy on the recruiting front if they want to for an extended period of time. Like, yep. like that, like if you don't have the accountability from the top, like, you know, the assistants are going to be lazy. And I, and I asked the source, I was like, with Freeman being head coach, what does that look like? I mean, is it he's going to work his butt off at the top and his assistants are just going to kind of follow in line? And the source told me it was like, what you have seen from the defensive recruiting in the past year and Freeman, when he gets to Notre Dame in January, I would argue that's what, like 40% in of the cycle already. Things get started so early. Notre Dame already had a few commitments on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kelly had said that Freeman was essentially the the head coach of the defense. So the source tells me what you've seen and how hard the defensive staff has worked is what you're now going to see on both sides of the ball. And not that the offensive coaches have been lazy or anything. I mean, it's a good offensive class, but I mean, it's going to be a different level now. And Marcus Freeman, when he is out there saying, I'm going to be the lead recruiter for everyone, holy shit. Part of my French, but Notre Dame fans, that is the best news you have ever heard. Yeah. Because he is a darn good recruiter. Uh, I mean, you're going to have him. I, I interviewed, uh, I haven't written the story up at blueandgold.com. I'll do it in the next couple of days. I interviewed Chris Vizina, uh, 2023 quarterback offer for the Fighting Irish from Alabama. He was on campus this past weekend. Mm-hmm. He told me that, like, very soon after Freeman got the job, Freeman t- was talking to him on the phone. I'm like, everything Freeman's got going on right now, 2022 class, just get- he's talking to a 2023 quarterback. Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, like, that's awesome. If he's talking to Vizina, imagine all the other recruits he's already talking to. I mean, the dude is, I mean, a, a workaholic. Um, he is, I mean, did you hear during the press conference, Greg, that, uh, you know, his comment about, you know, I'm going to work here and, you know, until Jack kicks me out, basically. I mean, we heard that from Kelly like three weeks ago, but when Freeman says it, I'm like, I, I re- it, like, it's, it's authentic. Like I yeah. buy what he's saying. I mean, if you're a Notre Dame fan, um, I don't know, put some pads up on your walls right now. So you don't run through them because Marcus <laughs> Freeman, I mean, I, I'm all aboard the hype train. Make sure to hit like on this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also drop us a super chat. Uh, we'll, we'll certainly get to your question or comment if you do that for us. And thank you all for listening. Let's get to the questions. Our guy, Kai S., he's asked about Xavion Bradshaw, I believe, uh, the, the prospect from Virginia. Any chance he joins this class? Uh, Mike, I actually didn't look to see if he signed anywhere today. What's What do you know about that situation? I, I mean, Notre Dame, I'm, I'm looking this up too. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm curious. I don't think he did. Uh, I it doesn't look like he did. I looked at his um, profile the other day. It seemed like his recruitment really kind of has slowed down. Uh, like he might be teetering on the non-Power 5 level. Now. Yeah. It just kind of feels looked, like that. Um, he did not 
commit or sign with anyone today. I guess he visited Virginia Tech here recently. Um, if he's going to wait until the February signing period, then I could see it. But here, here's the thing: like you, like it, this is at least where I stand on this. Like if Notre Dame, they offered Bradshaw, they recruited him. But over the summer, it was kind of weird with, with, with Xavier Bradshaw. Like, it's June. It's official visit season. And I don't think he took one official visit. He's playing AAU basketball all month. It's kind of like, dude, like, you're a football recruit. Like, take your official visits. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Notre Dame kind of cooled there. If they weren't sold on him overall, like, I, I don't know if you go to that now. Yeah. Um, I mean – you know, you don't take a guy just to take a guy. Yeah. Um, this is where that, that's where I stand. I know it's not popular opinion. I mean, I'm seeing people comment on YouTube. They're all mad at me for my Dell Alexander comments that like, I think he's a good guy. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, as much as I think Notre Dame's receiver numbers are woefully bad right now, I, I would not advocate taking a guy just to take a guy. If Notre Dame doesn't feel sold on him, I mean, look, their their record the past few seasons, it's been pretty darn good. The staff, you know, I mean, Dell Alexander's been here since, what, 2017? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the offensive staff has been in place for a little bit. Like, I, I would trust them that they know what they're doing a little bit. I mean, I'm kind of iffy on their, you know, the receiver numbers here recently, but I still give them the benefit of the doubt. If they don't feel like Xavier Bradshaw is someone they want in the class, you know, I, I'll believe them. Uh, Nick, we agree with your shout out here. Uh, Notre Dame's media, that Fighting Irish media, uh, has done just an amazing job really over the last two weeks, not just today. Their trailer video, Mike, I was I was like, mm, that's kind of yeah. weird. But then I, I guess I didn't think forward about like how it was going to come together with what they did for every individual recruit, which was awesome. Dude, so awesome. Yeah, I'm going to compile all of them into one article at blueandgold.com tomorrow um so go to the site uh, you know probably around lunchtime or so eastern and i'll have it up um so cool brady quinn getting involved all those actors i'm like when when did they do like when did they put this all together i would love to see also the um the footage of like uh you know like at morion walkers like i would love to see what they said about the guys you know like a Devin moore who you know didn't pick a notre dame but um, yeah, the the videos were extremely well done, well produced, and the acting was funny. It was good. Yeah. I mean, I liked the personal touches of when you have all the actors talking about the recruits' names. Yeah, so if you don't know what we're talking about right now, and you're listening via podcast or, or you're on the YouTube live or, listen, or watching back on YouTube, you know, on uh, on what Thursday around lunch time, I will have uh, that up at blueandgold.com. Awesome. Uh, Bobby O has a question if need be who on defense could they flip to receiver Xavier Watts was at receiver but I think he showed enough at safety where he, I mean, he could be a starter at safety next year uh, I've got a crazy idea that people throw around on our board but Nolan Ziegler is a legitimately pretty good wide receiver I mean his stats are awesome but I don't think Notre Dame wants to do that with with him either so hey if if if, if, if that works great I, I personally don't see it I mean, he's not playing against great competition, you know, in those super low levels and, and maybe not super low, but, you know, the lower levels of Michigan uh, mm-hmm. high school football. 
Um, I mean, I think his team has lost like one or two games in like four seasons. They're ridiculous. Um, I, I feel like you don't see often, maybe on the line, but defensive guys move into offense. You know, maybe maybe I'm wrong there. I don't know. Yeah, like, Xavier Watts is the only person I can I can think of. You know, I, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, you know, you see linebackers move to running back or, you know, a nose guard move to offensive guard. But Xavier Watts is the only person I could really think of, if, if not Ziggler. Um, I mean, Cam Hart signed as a receiver, but you're not moving him over there. So, yeah, let me load up some Nolan Ziggler highlights. Some of the stuff will be line. Uh, see, there's a wide receiver clip. I mean, he yeah. He killed it at wide receiver. He had like what fourteen hundred yards receiving or something. This I mean, if you know they need a scout team receiver and he's not doing anything else as a freshman or something, yeah. Because I mean, we had talked about uh, spring bodies. Um, yeah, you know, just needing guys. He will be there in the spring. So yeah, sure, why not? But uh, I, I, I fully expect him to play linebacker. Yeah, he's uh, he was the Michigan State Player of the Year for their divisions five and six and. Uh, Joshua yeah. Burnham won one of the state player of the years overall for for uh, amongst the Notre Dame commits in that state. And you wonder if that came down to to Nolan Ziegler. So pretty cool that a Notre Dame's getting two of the guys that were really considered for the top awards in the state. And then B, they're not Detroit area guys, which is kind of interesting. I mean, you got Nolan Ziegler from Grand Rapids and, and Burnham is from uh, Traverse City. So uh, just goes to show that that you can get prospects uh, from really. I mean, from anywhere. So uh, let's get, hit some more questions. Uh, we'll get a little bit more uh, information from you, Mike, out of why Notre Dame did not land a Morian Walker. What do you think is the story there? He wanted to go to Michigan. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, you know, reporting at blueandgold.com for months is like he would take these visits elsewhere. I mean, he probably took... I don't know, seven, eight visits to other schools while still committed to Notre Dame. And I mean, then, you know, Notre Dame would, you know, hear about these visits and be like, well, what the heck? And, uh, you know, talk to, to Walker and his family and, you know, whatever reasoning they gave would have Notre Dame be like, okay, you know, we get it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, literally Tuesday morning, I mean, I'm hearing – yeah, Notre Dame still expected Walker. I mean, yeah. like, and uh, and then it shifted Tuesday night away from Notre Dame. You know, the answer, the phone call stopped being answering, text stopped getting uh, responded to. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the Michigan people had been confident all along. The Notre Dame people had been confident. It was like, well, someone's getting lied to. Um, and, and apparently Notre Dame was on the wrong end of that. Yeah, I just had a question. Oh, here we go. You'll like this one, Mike, from Eugene McGovern. Mike, what brand of beer are you drinking? Any buzz about who the new OL coach? Oh, Blue Moon. There you go. I'm having water in full clarity right now, but I'm not ruling out uh, a fun beverage later. And thank you for the super chat, Mr. McGovern. Just dropped one. Uh, And he asked, any buzz about who the new OL coach might be? And do you think Del Alexander stays or goes after the bowl game? We saw what you did there. Coach Quinn is still on the staff, he, and he's coaching in practices. So, uh, but Mike, I mean, let's speculate. I guess a little bit. Um, I, I don't. Does anyone come to mind for a replacement if that were the case for Coach Quinn? I, I've got nothing on a replacement. That's you know, I'm, I'm told those conversations are they're really going to get into that after um, the bowl game. 
Um, as far as Quinn, um, he was at practice. Um, I'm expecting him to coach the rest of the season, but unless he had like COVID or he was sick or something, he was not out recruiting mm. last week. And like ever, ever since the Kelly news broke, I mean, to my knowledge, he's, he was not recruiting. Okay. That's interesting. So, so I mean, take that for what you will, unless again, unless he was sick or something like, I, I think that might be pretty good indication that he will not be returning. And also if you just, you know, we just, use our logic and, and look at Wikipedia. The dude's been with Brian Kelly for 30 something years. That's longer than I've been alive. I just can't imagine that they're going to keep around, you know, the ghost of Brian Kelly in, in the Notre Dame football offices. I mean, like yeah. Elston has been around for about, you know, with Kelly for like 15 or 16 years. Um, but Elston is you know, a little bit wired differently. Um, you know, he's someone that, you know, ended up really valuing Notre Dame over Brian Kelly, obviously, that's why he's still in South Bend, coaching for the Fighting Irish. But Quinn, I just can't, I, I can't see it. Um, but and then as far as a receivers coach, Dell Alexander's on the road. I mean, it, with him losing Walker and Williams, that's going to be tough to come back from. I, I, we'll see after the bowl game. No decisions are going to be made, at least public, until after the bowl game. Maybe even privately. So we'll have to wait and see. H.J. Uh, Greg, we agree with you. A top 10 class with the turmoil of the last two weeks is fabulous. Um, Mike, what do you think would have happened if, you know, Notre Dame did not hire Marcus Freeman and or just did not hire him as quickly? Like, do you get a sense of whether the class of 2022 was teetering on the edge of falling apart? So let, let's say they would have hired him, what, this past Monday or so? I mean... I mean, I think kids would have taken other visits, but I think most of the class still would have stayed intact. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that that's obviously tough to say. Um, but if they would have just not hired, like let's say they went the Luke Fickle route and just didn't announce anyone before signing day, I mean, who, who the heck still would have signed? Yeah. I mean, I, I think some of the kids who just bleed blue and gold, like Ashton Craig, Joey Tanona, Ziegler, Burnham, maybe not even Burnham, maybe Michigan would have been able to convince him. But, you know, there, there's some kids who I think still would have stuck with Notre Dame. Um, but, I mean, Notre Dame is a good class. So, you know, when that Kelly news broke, that time period between, you know, Kelly leaving and uh, Freeman getting hired, uh, like all of Notre Dame's commits were hit up by tons of P5 schools. So, I, I mean, I, I, I can't, you know, tell you guys what would have happened but it you know, would not have been good um so that's something i talked about a lot during the the that, that couple day period of limbo i'm like how how much of a, a you know importance do you place on hiring someone for right now to save this recruiting class with making sure you get the right guy for the long term mm-hmm. um that's kind of tricky and it also should be mentioned that that recruiting class does affect the long term so yes. uh, it's, it's pretty layered, but I think Notre Dame did a good job. Yeah, and, and you mentioned earlier, I mean, Notre Dame has kind of an insurance policy against this dynamic where they, so many more kids are coming to Notre Dame because of Notre Dame, even though the relationships are important. But that would have been the bigger worry to me is that if, if the, you know, the whole staff leaves for other jobs because there isn't clarity about who's going to be the next coach sure. or if it appears that 
Luke Fickle's going to be the head coach, but it's not going to be until after the playoff, and he might bring in a lot of his guys. That's where I think you know Notre Dame basically retaining having everyone but Brian Kelly and Brian Polian. I, I might be missing one other, but you know still in still in the building uh, is huge because those relationships are still there, and that's what impacts so many other. For other colleges, you know, when, when a kid's choosing between an Alabama and a Clemson and a Georgia, it's not really, to me, the same dynamic as it would be for the reasons the kids are choosing Notre Dame. For those schools, it's really about those relationships. It might be the relationship with a position coach that is the, the deal maker or the, the, the one thing that pushes one of those schools over the other. And Notre Dame is just so well safeguarded against that because of the type of kid that they're it's getting. It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny that, you know, Brian Kelly wasn't, you know, a dog on the recruiting trail. Um, but because of that, Notre Dame didn't really have much of an impact in recruiting when he left. Um, so it's kind of like a blessing he left there. Like, there's not a single recruit, even though Devin Moore decommitted after Kelly um, left, like, Moore didn't commit to Notre Dame because of Brian Kelly. Yeah. Um, if he did then why isn't he at LSU right now if Kelly was so important it's just he wasn't um so Kelly's a great coach um he's been very weird these past couple weeks with you know all the the videos and and whatnot but still a good coach but just not a uh, a super active recruiter and then conversely now Marcus Freeman he I mean he's like the opposite of Kelly he's young he's defensive minded he's a dog on the recruiting trail um, so whenever that day comes that Freeman uh, is no longer Notre Dame's coach, we'll see um, you know, what, what the, uh, the recruiting class looks like at that point. Uh, and you are, to our viewers, feel free to drop who you think is uh, your favorite Notre Dame signee in this class, and we'll maybe talk about them, show some of them some video. But we have gotten Mike, a lot of questions about Travis Hunter, who is the He's been the number one player in the country. Is uh, and it's escaping me whether he still is on rivals. I should know that, but I know he was. He's, for, he's one or two. He's yeah, he two. has been for a while. When I saw him this fall, I, I filmed one of his games back in September. He was number one. Um, he was committed to Florida State forever, and on he's going to Jackson State. Uh, what do you think about this? I think that this is there's a storm coming in college football with NIL and all this, and it's going to take a little bit of a some sort of pushback or regulation, I think, to get it under control. And if it doesn't, what does that look like for Notre Dame? Which, yeah. you know, Marcus Freeman was asked about that today in the NIL and recruiting, and he was like, look, we're going to play by the rules. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm, and I'm glad to hear that um, as a fan of college football. I don't like any of it. I, I just don't – I don't like what this has become. I mean, like, when you're hearing – um, like in Amorian Walker's recruitment that Michigan is pitching NIL to him. I'm like, what the heck is that about? Like yeah. schools are not allowed to facilitate NIL deals. So like Notre Dame does brand presentations with these kids to say, you know, here's how your social media uh, falling will increase when you come here. Um, they can say, Hey, Kyle Hamilton, here's what the NIL deals that he's got and other players, like they can present these facts, but like schools aren't supposed to be like, you know, saying you come here, you're going to, you're going to make this money. Like Jackson state, you know, all of a sudden Travis Hunter's making seven figures just by signing there. Like what the hell? 
this is not good for college football. I, I don't like it. This combined with the one-time transfer rule. I mean, can we – can someone save this video right now? <laughs> Travis Hunter – On YouTube. Will not end. Tra- Travis Hunter is not going – if he if he stays at, you know, let's say his three years, he's he's not going to finish it at, at Jackson State. There's just, like – there's just no way. Like, if Deion Sanders gets some job – like, I think he was – he interviewed for TCU or something this offseason. If Deion Sanders leaves Jackson State in the next couple of years, you better believe, you know, Travis Hunter's going to. I just, I, I can't see this like lasting that long with him there. It'll certainly be interesting. It'll be on SportsCenter all the time. But, and, and then the, the NIL side thing, I, I, I don't like it. I mean, I'm a purist of college football. I, I just love it for what it is the pageantry, the tradition. NIL and recruiting and the one-time transfer rule. It's, it's, it's like free agency, Greg. Yeah. It's uh, I don't want to make a comment that's controversial, but at some point uh, the institution of college football is going to have to say no to the demands of a 17, 18 or 19 year old kid. Cause right now it's been a lot of yes. It's been a lot of yes on NIL. It's been yes on free transfer rule. Uh, it's been yes on, watching huge facilities with, and I'm joking, diamond encrusted lockers and all this stuff built for these kids. Uh, And at some point, you know, if we want college football to retain Mike, as you said, kind of what it's always been about and and how endearing it's been for so many people, it's got to have a stop point to all this or else it's just going to get out of control. And and if you're Notre Dame, Notre Dame's kind of saying, we are who we are. We're, we're, I mean, we'll adapt somewhat, you know, adapt but not change. Like, Notre Dame's not going to change who they are. So I'm glad for Notre Dame. Like, I mean, I, I if that means they're not going to have the strongest recruiting classes, um, they're going to stay true to who they are and, um, you know, stay above board on things um, and be ethical, like, I'm all for that. Like, if, if that means, yeah. you know, not signing number one class or, or something – that's just, that's just my personal opinion. I mean, yeah, I, I don't love it. I'm loading up some uh, uh, web pages of Notre Dame's past recruiting classes because I do want to get to the question, uh, and it's a good one, from Peter Dagan, 55. How would you guys rank this year's DB class to past classes? So uh, as far as the defensive backs, we have uh, Jaden Bellamy, right? We have Jaden Mickey. Uh, they obviously lost out on Devin Moore. Um who am I missing? Benjamin Morrison. Uh, I believe that is it. Let me, let me pull it up. Uh, but I believe that's, that's it for this class. Um, those are the three. So how would you rank them to last classes? I guess I'll go through real quick. Uh, who are the DBs from the previous three or four classes? Last year was Justin Walters, Ryan Barnes, Chance Tucker, Philip Riley, Jojo Johnson, and Kari Gee. That's, that's a huge class. I mean, that's six players. Um, 2020, was Clarence Lewis, Caleb Offord, and Ramon Henderson, um, which you're getting obviously some some contribution from two of those three. And then in 2019 was Isaiah Rutherford, Kyle Hamilton, that worked out, uh, Litchfield Ajavon, and K.J. Wallace. So what do you think, Mike? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say that this is a class that exceeds some of those past ones, but what do you think? It, it's, it's just – it's it's three guys. I mean, I, I think yeah. it's it's better than the 2020 group. The the 2021 
And so the 2020 group was, um, sorry, someone was texting me, Clarence, you know, Clarence Lewis, um, you know, Ramon Henderson. That's already a pretty good group right there with, with those two guys. So maybe it's not, you know, like I, I think like when you look at them as recruits, it's they're, they're shopping down a little bit of a different aisle then. I mean, Henderson, developmental guy, Clarence Lewis, we thought was a developmental guy. He ends up playing right away. And then Caleb Offord was of that group is actually the biggest name guy. And, you know, he hasn't panned out so far, but, um, you know, when it had Devin Moore in it, I was like, felt a lot more like, yeah, that this, this 2022 defensive back group is the best they've had. Yeah. Um, but you know, without him, it's, you know, it's slowly improving. How about that? Like, I mean, they're the three DB signees in this class. Bellamy, you know, I talked about earlier, love him. Um, ben Morrison, you know, a really solid get. I mean, he had, you know, Washington, another, you know, really good DB school, one of the best in the country. You know, they, they you know, have, have a stake, I, I, at least I believe, for DBU. Um, and then, um, you know, J, so, yeah, Jaden Mickey, uh, who we were just watching. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a shutdown corner. I don't think he's like super versatile on that. You're like, wow, this kid could play safety or this or that. Like he's gonna be a field corner all the way, maybe nickel. But it's 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 a really good group, man. I just man, like Devin Moore, <laughs> like that would have been a difference maker um, to make this from like a it's a good DB class to like, dang, like this is a really uh, good DB class. Yeah, I'm just putting up a comment here to what we were talking about earlier uh, from Rock says 79 and, and, and my comments were more like, I don't necessarily in all those bullet points I mentioned disagree with the rationale. The problem is, is that every time that an issue comes up that would potentially alter what college football has been about previously, it has been siding with um, kind of taking the side of the kids, you know, of, of 17, 18 year old, 19 year old kids and, 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 saying, you know what, and instead of saying, you know what, guys, we can't do this because it would really alter our sport in a way that down the road might not be great. I mean, the NIL thing, I think there's probably, you know, we've talked to the coaches, Mike, and and, and I think there's some acknowledgement that there's going to need to be regulation down the road. They don't know what's going to happen yet. Bad things are going to come up. Kind of don't know. I mean, like, it was going to be hard to predict some of the negative impacts of NIL. And this is, today, I think we saw maybe – a little bit of evidence that there's there's going to have to be some regulation, some monitoring about what is going on prior to when a kid signs with the school. Like, are these schools acting like agents and setting up deals, which they're not supposed to do uh, for these players? So um, I get it. Rock says 79. Uh, but, you know, the more we kind of add these new things that are, you know, differences than what, prior rules have been the more it seems like college football is is slowly getting away from us a little bit in my opinion yeah only thing i have to add there is is just going back to if it ain't broke don't fix it like college football is so amazing like i'm just i'm I'm nervous like i just am and then the ncaa is not really a beloved institution so they get more involved and say this is what you guys got to do oh man kirk herbstreet and those guys are gonna freak out so that'll be fun uh we talked a little bit about donovan heinish earlier and he's interested because he committed early but uh coach elson had quite a bit to say about him during his presser uh said he's a more athletic 
Kurt Heinisch. What do you think about that, Mr. Singer? We'll, we'll, we'll throw some film up, too. I mean, uh, he's... This is his junior year, by the way. Yeah, he, he's got to grow. I, I, or, like, he's, he's got to get thicker. Like, he's an undersized defensive tackle right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, he... he you know, I think he probably won't get into rotation to like his junior year. Um, but I mean, I, I understood the take when, when they did, I mean, it's like, Hey, um, you know, the, the word out of Pittsburgh central Catholic fantastic program there in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, if they're saying that he's like Kurt Heinrich 2.0, maybe a little bit more athletic. I get it. I think he is smaller though. Um, thinner in the shoulders. Um, but, I mean, he's, he's a, the, the coaches there rave about him. Um, so if he's another, you know, undersized, but like a war daddy in, on the interior, Hey, leverage wins. Um, that, that's, that's all I got. I mean, Donovan Heinish, look guys, he's not gonna, you know, uh, you know, make New York for the Heisman. He's not going to be like an, I don't think he's gonna be an all American. If his comp is Kurt Heinish and that's what Donovan's going to be, or maybe if it's even like a half step below Kurt Heinish, that's a really good offensive lineman. Kurt Heinisch has started more games than anyone in Notre Dame football history. Um, I mean, obviously the COVID year helped, you know, get him there, but eh, so that, that's not too bad for one of your lowest ranked recruits of the classes. Mike, I'll let you give your uh, final thoughts on the class of 2022 here, as it seems that Notre Dame is done and they will sign 21 prospects. Fun class to cover. My first full recruiting class. I mean, um, there was, I think, two offers out in the 2022 class when I got the job at blueandgold.com, May 1st, 2019. They had offered Jaden Gould, mm-hmm. a Nebraska signee, who at one time I put in a future cast pick for Notre Dame. I still contest that Notre Dame would have landed his commitment, um, but, you know, he had an ACL injury um, and, and, you know, basically fighting our backed off there is my understanding. The other one was Tyler Morris. So I also put in a future cast pick in for Notre Dame to land at one point ACL injury as well. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then he committed to Michigan. Um, so very random side note. Um, but if, if you're, you know, 57 minutes into this, then you, you know, you love recruiting. You're a nut. So you're okay with <laughs> hearing this, but um, people watching right now. I know. I know. Yeah. It was a fun recruiting class. Such great kids. Ike, I mean, I don't know if I'd ever be able to cover another school after covering Notre Dame. I mean, these are just the best kids, such awesome families. Like I have, you know, like lifelong friends um, of these parents um, and, and, you know, their brother, you know, like these kids' brothers and heck, even the kids after they're on plane. Like I, I've built like really genuine relationships or just you know, outstanding individuals, you know, they're great when you go see them in person, you know, they're very good at football. That makes it fun. Cover Notre Dame football for a living um, and specifically recruiting. I mean, that's my full-time job. I mean, I'm a very lucky guy uh, and to get to do it at blueandgold.com is a dream come true. So um, stay in touch with what we're doing at Blue and Gold. Go to our website, blueandgold.com, click on that newsletter I mean, look, all I got to say is sometime soon, we're going to have some good news to send out to you guys. Um, and if you think that's like some recruiting thing, like maybe that too, but you know, just some, some personal things that we got going on. We'll, we'll, we'll keep you in the loop about. So sign up for that newsletter. Yeah. And uh, you'll be busy with the class of 2023. Cause if it's anything like the class of 2022, there were six prospects that committed between January and March in this year's class uh, last 
winter. So it gets going pretty quickly. Yeah, um, it does. Yep. So everyone, again, hit like on this video. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay tuned to blueandgold.com. We'll have plenty of wrap-up content with the class of 2022. And once again, sign up for that free newsletter. It's the best way to keep up to speed on everything we're up to. So once again, everyone, thanks for listening.